FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X-Pod Show, and we're about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, let me thank our sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. Also, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. You can also visit Motosport.com. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motosport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride. Your best ride, only at motorsport.com. And don't forget to go to pulpmxshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpmx wrap-up show or contribute a question or topic for Hello Pookie, send it to darkside at pulpmx.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, first guest of the night, brought to you by Guts Racing. From the Pulpmx show, it's Travis Marks. What's up, buddy? Yo, what's up? We're doing this. Yeah, we're excited to talk about episode 432, but also brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, the in-studio guest for episode 432, Mr. Justin Starling. What up, dude? Ah, another day. Beautiful day. Yeah, it's good out in Cali? Uh, yeah, the weather is actually pretty nice today. It wasn't too hot. It was had a nice cold breeze, and yeah, it was actually pretty nice for a while. Nice. It's just hot, hot, hot and humid here in East Texas, and I'm sure it's just dry, hot where you're at, Dune Goon. Uh, yeah, it's been nasty for sure. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, I'm, I'm glad to get this episode going. We are officially 25 hours behind schedule. Uh, we won't blame that on anybody in particular, but we're, we're yep. running. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I said, yep, no, no, no blaming on anybody, you know. Nope. So it, it is. It is what it is. Um, hey, I want everybody to know, to stay tuned at the end of this episode. There is a new, uh, new Hello Pookie coming up. You guys have any comments or anything you want to add? Any questions you want Pookie to answer? Hit me up at darkside at pulpmex.com. And next week, Steve said there's no show, so Travis Marks won't have to do anything. But we will be doing a classic wrap up of episode 262 with Justin Jennings from WPS, Connor Olson from Alpine Star, and Brian Fullerton from Acherbies. 
And just so you guys know, that is the Chris Kiefer losing his virginity episode, the Nothing Else Matters show, we'll call it. So that, that should be a lot of fun. Um, all right, so guys, episode 432. Justin, this is your first time in studio, correct? Yeah, first time, finally. Did it live up to your expectations? It was actually a lot cooler than I thought it was going to be. It was, uh, I mean, going into that place, it was, I, I didn't realize how much stuff he actually had in his studio, you know, just like with memorabilia and all that. So, like, that was really cool to see. And also to kind of just be able to see, it's kind of the stuff you don't see off, like, on the camera, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was actually a lot cooler than I thought. And I'm, like, kind of like, I wish I could go every single weekend. Like, it was, or yeah, every yeah. single Monday, I mean. Like, it was a lot of fun. And, but I will say the show goes by so fast when you're in studio compared to listening to it. I agree. I got to experience it one time also. And uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit later about some of the things that you just mentioned, like maybe some of the stuff that you don't know or going on off it when you're not there. Um, Marks, what do you think about having to be there? You know, Justin says he'd like to be there every week. You are there every week. I am there every week. And I have been for uh, this is my fifth year, I, I believe. So, yeah, I probably I probably take a lot of things for granted, kind of, you know, things like uh, Justin was mentioning with memorabilia and just how cool of stuff that Steve has all throughout the studio. I, I You know, I'm kind of used to that, and I probably don't appreciate it as much as I maybe used to or should. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still enjoy the show. Sometimes, sometimes it's tough to go. Like, I would rather stay home Monday night with my wife. You know, there are definitely days like that. But once I'm there, like, it's always a good time. It's yeah. never It's never a bad thing, a bad thing. So, Marks, uh, at the beginning of the show, show uh, Steve mentioned you are rewriting the app, which, you know, a lot of people have complained from day one because that's just what people do. I've never really had any issues with the app, but what, what does rewriting the app entail? What does it mean? What are you trying to improve with it? So, basically, re when I say I'm rewriting it, uh, I, I'm, I'm basically starting from scratch. When I Rather than, like, just a, a simple update where I take the existing code and I just, you know, modify a few things here and there just to uh, submit a quick update. I'm actually starting from scratch, and I'm doing that because the framework that I use, this is kind of technical battle, but I'm going to get into it anyway. The framework I'm using updated, and there's a lot of, of things that it uses that will make the app better to use and easier to update in the future if I just go ahead and do that now. And, and with me not having a full-time job at the moment, I don't, <laughs> feel like there's a better time than now to, Makes sense. to just like try to try to knock this out you know so uh it is a bit of work but i i have a good feeling about it it's gonna be a, a really good update like i said that on the show i'm not gonna put a time stamp on it or yeah anything, right i don't i don't fully know and i don't want to don't want to give false hope like it'll be done in a few weeks or, <laughs> or whatever but uh it'll it'll be it'll be worth the way i think it'll it'll be really good i i have high hopes for it so yeah i hope so man but you know you're gonna get busted on and shit on no matter what it's just the way it is um yeah i mean I've, that's kind of i've come, kind of gotten used to that and, <laughs> and it's more just how how you uh how you embrace those those things the criticism and feedback that i've, yep. I've learned so well we'll take it in stride and just keep going all right, episode 432, like I said, uh, on the phone guests, Adam C. and Cirillo, Davey Coombs, Chris Kiefer, Christian Craig. And when I was writing my notes, it was AC, DC, CC, and KK. Uh, yeah, so we had, some, we had some great guests on. You got a good show there, Justin, that you were in studio for. Um, but I want to ask you about the, the interrupting, right? So we had some people. You said you had some people tweet you about it. I was watching on YouTube and Facebook. I kind of flipped back and forth. 
Um, some people were commenting on there. Uh, what'd you think, man? You, I know you went back and listened a little bit. You kind of mentioned, I think on a tweet that you did notice it during the Davey Coombs thing. Was it just, uh, being a little overly excited or what, what's up? Yeah, I don't know. I had some guy comment on my Instagram saying that I love, he's like, you, man, you love interrupting people. And I was like, all right. Like I kind of thought about it for a bit and he commented it during the DC thing. And honestly, I haven't like gone back and listened to it to like, see if I was. And I was just like, yeah, if I am like, sorry, yeah. <laughs> like I said on the show, like if I'm doing it, like my bad, but like, I was just really excited to be there. And I like talking a lot when it comes to this stuff and talking moto and I've always wanted to do something like that with a podcast you know not just like get an interview in a podcast but actually be a part of the podcast yeah and um, yeah so I think it was just more like maybe excitement coming out <laughs> of me and you know there was things when when Davey would talk like I would think about it but I would want to say something you know because it's like not very often you can talk on the phone with you know Davey Coons or something like that so yeah hell. I had stuff on my mind and there was things I wanted to say and I guess I was interrupting and I'd be honest with you I didn't realize that I was and uh, I kind of maybe wish I didn't realize it just because <laughs> or like didn't get told that because yeah. then at the end I kind of felt a little bit more nervous to speak you know oh I was like, yeah oh, so it affected you I got you Sometimes I even, like, when, when uh, Steve was talking, I'd, like, put my hand up, like, hey, I have something to say to this, you know, like, can can I say something, you know, but, yeah, I mean, I I guess I was, but, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's my first time doing that. Sure, so sure. Maybe, maybe it was just uh, some nerves getting in me or something, but, yeah, it is what it is. Well, the the funny, the comment I saw, Mark's, uh, the first one I saw, and, again, I don't remember if it was Facebook or YouTube, but I think it was Facebook, uh, the guy said, hey, Justin's interruption game is on point with Steve's, so I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was interrupting him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, Davy Coombs, man. We uh, hopefully the Nationals are everything's going to go as planned. Um, early on, you guys, Justin, you were talking about the thing, the rumors, right, that you heard and that Steve heard. There was the six races at three tracks. Uh, you know, you weren't expecting Washougal and Redbud. You know, there's some tracks, no fans. That, that all got brought up, and you talked about the two Redbuds. Um, are you like, how do you feel about the schedule? If it goes down, if this 80 percent, you know, certainty works out, you still pretty on. You, you're going to be happy with this in the end, right? I mean, if this is what we get, it's it's better than nothing. Yeah, I think no racing is better than than, or I, I think racing is better than no racing. Um, so I mean that's a major plus. Uh, I do believe that from what I have been told that since the show, there's already been a change to the schedule, oh, okay. and I believe that Redbud's now a Friday Monday. Um, I haven't seen so, that. So and that's that's what I was told um, from someone that works for MX Sports. So I'm assuming that that's true. Sure. Um, so. Yeah, I mean that makes you nervous, right? You we're we're already getting changes, you know, within just a little bit of Davy Coombs really coming on there and talking. So, um, and we're still a few weeks away from, or actually a little bit more than a couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of scary to think about it, but at the end of the day, I mean, like everything's a day by day situation with anything that we're doing in this world right now. So, if yeah. we can get some races in, that'd be great. Um, but you know, I, I do think that there is going to be more than more issues than we think there's going to be and that's nobody's fault except the world just being the way it is right now so i mean all we can do is you know hope and pray and be prepared for when it's time and you know when that happens and if we go racing we go racing if not well 
at least we tried, you know, that's yeah. kind of like all we got right now. Well, Mark's da- uh, Davey's always a fantastic guest, right? He's knowledgeable. He's excited. Uh, he, you know, he, he loves this sport clearly. And I mean, he tells us, or he's telling the listeners on the pulp show what he hopes is going to happen, what he knows. He probably has some other info that he can't really, you know, let us know on, but what, what did you think about his explanation, you know, of how the series is going down, why they picked the, the tracks that they did, uh, you know, the logistics that were brought up? What do you think about his explanation of it? I like it. And like you said, I think Davey's always a really good guest. He's very open, uh, as open as he can be, obviously, with with the information that he has. And, yeah, like you said, he's probably withholding a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's that's probably for the best, honestly, because yeah, if you give up, if you give up too much, and then people lose their minds if things don't happen a certain way. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. I like I like the way he's going about it. I like the effort that they're putting into it, obviously, because like Justin said, some racing is better than no racing, and uh, I, I think they're working hard to make it happen. But Davey's always just that. I I really like and, and respect what that guy says all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I I appreciated the fact that he answered about the full purse because literally Sunday, the day before the show, um, I was at one of our local tracks and um, had a pro rider out there that said, "Yeah, I don't. Why would I go race you know these nationals? Because there's no purse. You know, there's it doesn't make any sense. I'm a privateer. I can't really afford that. So I was glad that he cleared that up. Uh, he had a few other things that that he said that I thought were interesting. Wow. Uh, well, congratulations on getting a schedule turned yeah. out. Um, that must have been some work for you to figure out where and when. Um, uh, first of all, uh, I am the figurehead for a whole bunch of people uh, led honestly by my sister, Carrie, uh, Tim Cotter, Roy Jansen, um, and, and, and a bunch of other folks that have just tried everything to 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 thread the needle and find a window that 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 would allow us to to kind of do what what felt entertainment was able to do in salt lake city but only do it in a in a in a obviously a a different way but sort of with the same challenges the same hopes and the same uh, uh hopeful outcome hopefully we'll be as successful as they were we had heard the same thing a few weeks ago that maybe six rounds at three tracks. Was that an option early on? Was that something that was kicked you know, around? You know, at the end of the day, uh, we needed to go to as many places as we could and, 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 and be able to commit to them and, and have a real good feeling that, that they were going to be there and they were going to be open and, and people are going to be able to attend at, at varying rates. You know, mm-hmm. some races yep. will have no fans, but they will have amateur components. So it's not like they'll be in an empty field. In some races, you would never know. All right. So that that was uh, just kind of a wrap up of what Davey said. Uh, Mark's, again, pretty open, I think. And I like the fact that he mentions Feld, right? We, we see this new respect between Feld and MX Sports, and hopefully that continues. Uh, but again, just I, I appreciate the way he came on and really, you know, gave us an explanation at least. So we kind of, people are still going to complain, but at least we know where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, with people complaining, like if you look at the uh, comments on Instagram or Facebook, people complain about not going to certain tracks. But I mean, the fact that we were going racing, everyone should just be pumped, you know? Um, and like another thing with Davey is, yeah, he gave, he gave felt props and so he gives other people that work with him props too it would have been very easy for him just to ignore that and and say hey yeah like 
I got it done and, and take the credit. But he, uh, <laughs> right. he's like, I, I really respect Davey in that way that he recognizes and, uh, you know, gives props to the team around him and all their work that goes into it too. So that's another reason to like Davey, honestly. Absolutely. Justin, uh, one of the things I kind of laughed at, but, uh, you know, talking about who's going to be allowed and who's not, uh, and some of these things aren't settled yet. But uh, I like to say, you know, only the necessary personnel and kind of jokingly but seriously said, you know, writers don't need to have their agents there. Um, you know, that's that's something that we see a lot of these races, right? There's a big entourage, but um, I kind of thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, I think you go to the races and, and you always have those people with their man friends and, <laughs> and all those people that aren't necessarily need to be there. They're just kind of there, you yeah, know, yeah. and I, I mean, at the end of the day, like, yeah, agents are needed in this sport and all that, but at the end of the day, do you really need him at the races? Is he going to do deals for you at the first national and stuff like that? <laughs> no, he's not. So right. it's something that dude can pick up the phone or go have a meeting outside or, you know, they can go back to the hotel, you know, and just meet them there or something if they really need to be there. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you go to the race, you're you're there for one job, and that's to do your job at that race, and that's to race. So True. Yeah, you don't need anybody more. Um, I think it showed that our uh, Supercross went really well without having all those people there, um, and, like the unnecessary people and stuff like that. And some of them are still there, you know, and, and all that. But, like, you don't need it to go racing. So if people need to just not have their man friends to, you know, yeah. go race, and that's just the way it needs to be. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I went by myself. You know, I had my mechanic there and the team there in uh, Supercross, and that was all I needed, and that was fine. All right. Uh, and Marks, you didn't get enough credit, I don't think, for uh, this thought or question after Davey wrapped everything up and Davey was great. Um, but talk, you, you asked about basically how many settle for thirds will we see or will we see that? And, uh, Justin, you responded with your thoughts on that. Wouldn't be surprised, he said, in regards to some changes to the schedule. 80% confidence rate. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're you at. You have to expect it. Yeah, yeah. No, know. he does. Uh, Mark, you had a point that actually Justin might be able to answer, and, and it's it's a good point. We didn't get the Davy on it, but was it my Slack message? Yeah. Uh, I I was just wondering if we maybe we see more, or I'm sorry, less of those like settle for third type rides. I feel like you're gonna see all outs. I feel yeah, like you have to send wrong. every time because you don't. The next weekend's not guaranteed. guaranteed. So that thought, Marks and Justin, I you know kind of made me think this. Okay, if we get these nine races, like. It may change the way, like the excitement level almost. You know, if you don't have somebody settling and they've got to go for it, it could change the whole dynamic or a big portion of the dynamic of the, the outcome of a race, Justin. Yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, you know, like I said in that, you, you, you have to kind of go for it every weekend because the next weekend's not guaranteed, you know. Yeah. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's on there and they say 80% and all that, but man, anything can happen and just shut everything down in a minute. You know, it doesn't matter what round you're at. It's just how it is right now. And I think at the end of the day, yeah, you're, you need to go out there because you need to go out there and just basically give it the entire time. That's just what I think on it. Um, and that's how I would look at it, you know, and I don't think you're going to see many people settle for, oh, you know, I'll take a third this weekend, you know, yada, 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 I still am close in points, but mm -hmm. this is not my weekend. I don't think you're going to see that. Um, and, I, I mean, at the end of the day, for, for people that are watching on TV, that's going to be awesome, you know? Like, that's kind of what we all hope for, you know? We don't want to see anybody settle, and, and yeah, exactly. sometimes it's easy for us to settle, but it'll be nice for, you know, everyone to have to send it the whole time, and, I think it'll make for great racing. And I mean, at the end of the day, like this pandemic's been weird, but 
some of the racing has been pretty good. You oh, know, yeah, like distance has been back. So it's as bad as it is, the racing has been good. So as long as we can get out there and, yeah, I think we'll be fine. But I think we just need to send it, you know, no matter what, because, like I said, just you don't know if you're racing the next weekend, regardless of they're being around there or not. Mm-hmm. Mark, so like, I, I want to give you credit for a great point. Uh, you know, you are the backbone of the Pulp Mech Show, and you don't get enough credit for that. So good job. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, my only thought was, like, if you think back to Daytona, for instance, uh, where Broxton, you don't want to say, kind of let Eli go because he was obviously fighting for it. So how much harder would he have fought if, if the next week, if we had known the next week wasn't, you know, certain. Right. You know, so so things yeah. like that, things like that, you, you wonder how that would play into the championship. And like Justin said, I think it's going to just make for really good, exciting racing. So I, I think we should so all be too. pumped for that. Yeah, it definitely changes the game plan probably for some of these guys. Um, all right, next guest I want to talk about is a guy that, a uh, friend of the show, as Steve always says, they, they clearly have an amazing, a great friendship. Um, and I think a fan favorite, just not only of the fans of the sport, but of the Pulp Mex show, is Adam Ciancerillo. Uh Justin, you had some history with him that I want to, you know, we're going to touch on. And I, I didn't know all that. You know, there's some of those stories I didn't know. Um, Adam, though, Justin, is, as we see on the podium speeches and all his interviews, just a hell of a personality, something the sport needs. And it really comes out when he's on Pulp because of the friendship with, uh, with Steve. Yeah, he's, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I feel like we all kind of want to be like Adam, you know, uh, <laughs> right? it's kind of crazy to, to say that as I'm older than him, and I've seen him since he was literally just getting on PW50s and, and all that stuff, and, you know, now to be like, man, I want to be like that guy, and he's younger <laughs> than me, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of weird to say and all that, but, man, Adam is such a, a good dude, just, just in general, you know, and I've known him literally since <laughs> we started riding almost, and, uh we always traveled together. He only lived, you know, 15 minutes from me and we grew up together and we were racing together every weekend and our parents were really close. So like we were always around each other and man, to see that guy where he's at now is it's something that honestly, it doesn't surprise me. I expected obviously more championships, but injuries happen. Um, but man, from the beginning, that kid has been, uh, one of the hardest working dudes I've ever seen, but his, his mental strength is something that I use now, you know, like I try to, anytime something happens to me, I just think, well, Adam's been through worse, and he got through it, so I can get through it, you know? And, man, that kid is uh, pretty unbelievable. Yeah, I really appreciated the fact that you should, that you uh, expressed your respect for him, even though the, of the little age difference or whatever, that, you know, as a, as a fellow racer, you have that respect. I thought that was cool that you, you let us hear that. Anyway, he uh, Adam is fantastic. We learned I learned quite a bit of stuff. Uh, Steve, obviously, he loves to bring up the 250 class is broken, Adam seemed to agree, but really nobody knows what to do about it, Justin. Uh, but it's it's this topic is probably going to go on, whether it be AC or anybody, until it gets changed, I guess. But I don't know that that's ever really going to get fixed. I don't know how you can fix it or even really, like, yeah, maybe not points should matter. You know, like, I kind of agree with that, but that's also where all my points come from. So I'm <laughs> right, kind of like, right, yeah, yeah. Eh, you know, like, yeah. it's like, do I want to agree? Like, no, but I kind of do, kind you know, like, point, yeah. it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to say on that one, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can fix it. I really don't. I've had long conversations with Gallagher and Pelletier on this and I don't, I, they don't even know, you know, it's, it's something that I don't think you really can. You just kind of have to deal with it. And, and keep going, but yeah, I mean, it's just a, 
it's weird. I, I really have no idea how you can fix it. I, I've thought about it more times than you can imagine. Yeah. And I've given my input to Pelletier, and he's like, man, we've already thought about that. And I'm right. like, yep, I don't know. <laughs> well, and Mark's like, I, I sort of got the feeling, you know, AC's like, hey, he's moved up to the 450 class. He's kind of like, in the back of his mind, I'm thinking he's probably like, yeah, I don't care anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm in the big, I'm in the premier class now. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm not there anymore. I, I, I moved up. What more do you want? From yeah. Me? Let them figure it out. Right, yeah. <laughs> but a couple other things that we learned that uh, I thought were pretty entertaining was that Marty has double, basically double the points of AC in the 250 class. Uh, we it's learned super that cross only. Yeah, I know, play. but still, come on. But yeah. AC was been blocked by the at one point was blocked by Deegan. Thought that was pretty entertaining. Um, That's funny. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, his preference on cross his crossbar. He just thought it looked cool, not you know, not to have one. Um, good stuff from him. But the McAdoo stuff, his uh, his friendship with McAdoo, uh, McAdoo sending it, that that was the kind of stuff that I like from Pulp the most. Where you know these guys are they're little inside stuff, they're buddies or they're not buddies, and they're kind of giving their opinions like that. That was the entertainment value for me of of the AC interview. So I'm gonna play a little clip real quick. Ram it was so entertaining in Salt Lake City. Two years ago, he, we were in Geneva together, and he wanted to upgrade his flight home. And I, we were live on the air. We were doing a show, and Brayton pressured me into paying for McAdoo's upgrade. Don't ask me why, no. don't ask me why Brayton, who's a millionaire, <laughs> is getting me to pay for McAdoo's upgrade, but yeah. I felt sorry for the kid, so I gave him $400 for his Delta upgrade, right? Yeah. For years, I kind of resented that I had to pay that $400, right, to McAdoo. Absolutely, and blah, blah. as you should. As I should, except... As I told somebody, I'm like, McAdoo gave me $400 worth of entertainment in Salt Lake City. Like, I'm, I'm happy to pay that money. He was involved in everything. He was crashing. He was making dudes crash. He was getting taken out. He was taking out guys. He was jumping. He yard sailed his bike into me at Oakland last year and broke my wrist. Dude, awesome. he, he is a thrill a minute. But, he, but, he's so, but he's so nice. So, first thing, and this is sort of off the subject, is... All those people that talk shit on Steve or being an asshole or, or, you know, whatever. Once again, helping out a guy pays for McAdoo's uh, upgrade. Pretty impressive marks that uh, Steve is always willing to do stuff like that. But the McAdoo whole storyline there, it was only a few minutes, but it was full entertainment. It's good. It's good. And that's like you said, that's kind of the stuff that you like to hear from the show mm-hmm. is a little bit of the back the background info. AC training with McAdoo, and, and I think you mentioned if he's going to have to start stop training with him if he doesn't settle down or something like that, right. you know, stuff like that. Like that's that's the cool stuff. Like you said, like I I like that stuff. It gives you a little behind the scenes that that you wouldn't really hear about elsewhere. Yeah, you know, Justin, just based off that right there, right? It seems like, and I say this a lot, a lot of these guests are very very comfortable with Steve. Uh, you know, most of them he's created a relationship with. And I think they understand the, I guess we'll say the power of pulp and open up and give us stuff that we want to hear. Yeah. The thing I like about Steve the most is he has a lot of info and a lot of things. And he's also just very fun to talk to. You know, you don't feel like you're just kind of talking and he doesn't really care. Like he, he cares about what you're saying and stuff like that. And that makes it really easy to speak to him. Um, and it's also, like, for me, I love listening. I like even just looking at his tweets because he knows so much, you know. Right. Like, I love having the inside stuff and knowing stuff. And, 
whenever I feel like I need to know something, and the first thing I do is look at his Twitter or something because I feel like he's already talked about it, you know? Yeah. And then just listening to his show, he doesn't, he's not afraid to say things that, you know, oh, maybe we shouldn't say or something like that. It's, he's, he's cool with saying it. And that makes it easy for us to just go ahead and say things or, or something like that. But I mean, yeah, the whole, like, I like that he can, like, the little bit of stuff that you, like, we want to know about, like, the behind the scenes thing. You know, like, we want to know that stuff. Like, to me, that's more intriguing. That's why I like, like, the Red Bull Moto Spies. It's a lot more behind the scenes than it is of the stuff you see on TV. And that's kind of what I feel like Steve is, is you get to get so much more behind the scenes than anything else. And, like, the stuff like him paying for a flight for someone to upgrade, like, we wouldn't know about that. Like, that's why I like it, you know. Like, it's just little things like that that we get to know. Well, yeah, Justin, I agree. Uh, We get lots of good stuff from Steve and... I also go to his Twitter first, uh, and then usually RacerX second, which sometimes, hell, that's him doing that too, I think on race day a lot of times, if Weege isn't or whatever, but I generally go to Steve first for my info, so yeah, you're you're, you're on point with that, and then the other thing with Adam Cienciolo that I thought was fantastic was your story with, you know, him almost killing you, or him, you almost killing him at Houston, uh, that story I'd forgotten about. You know, I, I kind of remember hearing about it in the past when it happened, but that was uh, also a laugh a minute, and uh, I'm going to play that clip. Um, but you guys have some That's history, awesome. Starling, you and Adam. Uh, yeah. yeah, East Coast of Florida guys. I mean, all the way to last year, Houston Triple Crown, we tried to hug during a race. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. No flagger. I come over the jump and I'm just like, Well, I gotta go left. AC's on the left. He runs to his bike. I'm like, I can't do anything. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was uh that oh, was a- no, it was fine. That- I was probably gonna go down and you just like jumped on my front fender and rode it for about ten feet and then you were good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. That's that's one of those scenarios I'm down on the backside of a jump with a pack coming towards you where I stood there for a second and I'm looking up, looking at the bikes, you know, hurling towards me. I'm thinking to myself do I want to do I want to uh, risk my life for for you know eleven points? And it took me I, I don't know it took me less than a second to be like yep. Uh, good stuff from AC and you too, Justin. I mean, with you know giving us that story, but I like to say took uh, about a second and yeah, I'm I'm willing to risk it. Uh, but you know, reliving that moment and good entertainment, Justin. Yeah, I'll I'll never forget that. I'm, I'm I think I'm running like seventh or eighth, yeah. and just <laughs> come over the table, and all I see is a cowie laying on the ground, and I'm just like, well, well this is not going to be good. And I just, you know, it was one of those split second things. I'm in the air, and I decide, hey, there, Adam's way left. The bike's kind of in the middle. I can go between the two because surely Adam's not going to run to his motorcycle on the backside of a jump. And uh, so I start looking at the bike to avoid it, and I look up, and Adam's on my, you know, handlebars, basically. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. But I always say I'm, like, so glad that Adam has a really good, like, strong core Four, that right. he basically kept both of us up. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, but, again, as I said, Adam's always fantastic, friend of the show. Uh, hopefully he'll be – hopefully Steve won't screw that friendship up, and he'll keep coming on. Uh, I do want to thank the sponsors again, uh, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and, of course, motosport.com. For that guy that sent me the tweet, or sent Steve the tweet, you're right, I was saying motorsport. I've got it fixed. I apologize. It's motosport. Thanks to all our sponsors. And, of course, all the other Pulp sponsors, go to pulpamexshow.com. Click on the Sponsor tab. There's discounts there. There's links, all the good stuff you want, including Fly Racing, which we all know marks the 2021 stuff's about to hit in a few days the end of the month, I just did a really cool pod 
with JT right before I did this show. Really excited about the new fly gear coming out, but we really can't talk about it because of the embargo. But it's going to be awesome. Well, we can talk about it all we want. You just can't like be specific or show pictures. Right. Which well, is, we which is the good the good stuff. You know, it's, so. Yeah. There's there's some really really cool stuff coming out. You guys are going to be excited about. But let's get back to the pulp show. Um, Justin, you, you mentioned you know your buddy Killian, your teammate, uh, and you know obviously his th- thoughts and prayers go out to him. And and but what I took from this was you saying that your biggest fear, right, is something like this happening to you. And sometimes we take it for granted that these injuries, or we don't think about, we don't like to think about these injuries that can happen. We had Brian Moreau go down this year, you know, in the past, Jesse Nelson, obviously, and numerous others. How do you get past something like that? Because I don't know that you really talked about, like, when you line up for the race, is this something you think about that often? Like, every time you throw a leg over? Or, I mean, how do you deal with that thought? Because it's obviously something that's a real possibility. Yeah, I mean, we all, you know, we've all thought about it, obviously. I mean, that's something that you can't not think about. Um, But, man, no, like, we go months and months and months without that even passing through our minds. You know, and when I'm on the gate, the the last thing, I mean, if I'm sitting on the gate thinking about that, then there's no, like, I shouldn't go ride the motorcycle, you know, like, that's the last thing I should do. And when I'm on the gate, my mind's fully focused on the job at hand and not if I'm going to get hurt or this, this, or this. And, you know, the, the, the first time that it finally popped into my head, though, at the race was, like, the day after his accident. I was really good that whole day at the race. And, I mean, I qualified, like, fifth or something. I had a really good heat race. And then... I got asked about it, like his injury right before the main event. And it kind of started to mess with me, and I rode like crap in the main event because I was just like, just get through it safe. You know, like mm-hmm. that's all I was thinking about. And then at the end of the day, like I got not necessarily in trouble for saying or for being like that, but the team was like, man, if that's in your mind, like you shouldn't ride. And I was like, you're right. I, like I have a job at hand, I have to do my job. And, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm scared of this happening, then I shouldn't be riding a motorcycle, you know? And, Ultimately, we're all scared of it, but you have to kind of put it out of your mind and try to ignore it because if you are scared of that happening, then that's, you shouldn't ride a motorcycle. And, you know, at the end of the day, every time we swing our leg over the bike, we're accepting that that can happen um, yeah. at any time. I mean, Keelian made it five laps that day. You know, like that was it, you know, and it happened. So, yeah, it, it kind of it, it played a lot, and it, it kind of affected me a good bit just because I was, like, the first one there, and I saw everything, and I've been through the whole thing now. Like, I've been around it, you know, since since the injury. And, uh, I mean, he's in Utah, but I've talked to him and, and you know, I was around his wife for three weeks. And, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's really tough to hear and or to deal with and, and be around it because you don't think about how crazy it is until you're really in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's been uh, a little tough, but... At the end of the day, I mean, if someone said, hey, let's go ride tomorrow, I- I'm in. You know, I'm going to go ride. So, yeah, it's something that you have to be – I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, that's sort of my scariest thing to think about is that because that's a life-altering thing, you know. Like, that's okay. a big deal. But, it, uh, yeah, I mean, I love the sport enough to take that risk. So, Right. Well, I, I thought, you know, that-, that connection you have with him was really cool to hear uh, and – I'm sure everybody knows you go to road to recovery. There's things going on there to help support Killian. And uh, we had the t- your team manager on our, our show, the Moto X-Pod show a couple weeks ago. And some of our listeners are doing something. And then we have a uh, bunch of my buddies. We have our, our own, obviously, fantasy league uh, that I think Marks is in. The, the You're in the um, Pookie side piece league, right, Marks? Yeah. 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 
So some of the guys who won some money in this little private thing we're doing are donating their money, and we're going to get that over to Killian, and some of our listeners are going to contribute. So we're working on some stuff. But, yeah, obviously go to Road to Recovery and see what you can do to help out Killian because this obviously uh, isn't isn't going to be cheap. It's not going to be easy, and he's going to need all the help he can get. Um, Marks, I want to talk about a couple of the callers that called in. There was two in particular that stood out to me. Tyler, who was the guy that asked if Steve was going to – sponsor the racer x main event race up uh i guess it's up in maine i'm not 100 percent sure and steve you know obviously he's steve you know he he, he would do it because it doesn't matter really if he gets anything out of it because he didn't even know if he got anything last year he asked if right. anybody knew but then he you know he asked for a live lobster and we got a little bit of good a little bit of good audio from that tyler if you next day air me a main lobster i'll give danny stew some money well, we have a guy that reaches the pro class that is a lobsterman, so we might be able to make that happen. Now I'm fucking in because that guy will make it, get a lobster. It, it'll it'll like it'll happen. It I've heard that event's pretty cool. I have. I've I have. never made it yeah. up there, but right. I've heard it's really good. But uh, because of that, I'm gonna get a lobster, like a live lobster in ice, and Pookie's gonna freak out. And I'm gonna have to kill it and then cook it on my barbecue. Like this is all gonna happen. All right, so I'm sitting here laughing, just re-listening to it. <laughs> Steve, I'm gonna have to fucking kill it, and Pookie's gonna be upset. Uh, but Steve's right. Like his listeners, again, very much like the the Howard Stern listeners, marks will come through. He may have a lobster show up at his doorstep. It would not surprise me. Well, well, breaking breaking news. If you if you check his story from today on Instagram, a lobster showed up his, at his house this morning. Oh my god! <laughs> I have not been Swear. on social media today at all. So that's awesome. Well, yeah, like you said, listeners pulled through. Uh, a lobster showed up at Steve's house today, which, you know, is a, a creepy thing in itself. You know, well, how'd they get his address? With. Exactly, exactly. Well, without getting into it, I mean, it's fairly easy to, to find someone's address if you really want to these days. But, uh, yeah, I mean, wow. the, the effort the effort that went into it is, is uh, unprecedented. So what was like, Steve's like reaction, like his honest right? reaction to this? Um. With, without going back in the text from this morning, because that would probably take me a minute. Yeah. I mean, he was just like, he was like, "Are you kidding me? Like this act, like this showed up at my house today." And then you know, it was a group a uh, group text with me and Swiss Gordon. Swiss was like, "Wait, how'd they get your address?" He's like, "I don't know, bro. I don't know." Oh. You know, that in the Steve voice. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Pulled through. So. Was it from this guy, Tyler? Or do you know? I don't. I don't know. It's it's from a it's from a, a company that like specializes in shipping lobsters from their place. Yeah, and they like next they next day it's in a a styrofoam thing that come you know is in a box and it's got ice Jeez, in it. And yeah, that's whole, awesome. The, the whole deal. So awesome. Uh, all right, and Justin, the other call that I kind of liked was uh, Nick who has the track up in Arkansas and on Facebook. I, I He was on there, and I believe he said it was called RPM Motorsports or something. I couldn't find it on Instagram. but uh, Well, actually, it's probably a better question for Marks because you didn't get your your, uh, your idea in, but he wants to know what makes a local track something you want to go to. Hey, man, uh, I was just wondering, what makes a local track something that y'all want to go to? We're... Well, Starling will say some 65-foot triple You, you or don't want to hear mine because it's unsafe. I love big jumps, so <laughs> I go to local tracks now, and I'm like, ah, oh, make this jump I, bigger. You, as a vet rider, I like jumps that give me options. So, you know, like a tabletop with a knuckle, 
where I can go to that knuckle if I want, or if I'm feeling froggy, I can go another 15 feet and land on the downside. See. All right, so Justin, we know what your opinion is, so I'm going to actually go with Marks on this one. And I'm kind of on board with Steve. Uh, I, I'm older now. I'm about the same age as uh, Steve. I believe I'm 45. And I'm with him, man. I, I need safer, especially after my crash back in November, the one everybody knows about. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, in all seriousness, I think about it all the time now. When I get on the bike, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I want to ride so bad. And I haven't been able to ride but maybe one time since then in November. And it drives me crazy. I want to ride. But then I get out there and I'm worried. You know, I can't get hurt again. I have a job. So I need a track that has safe options. Um, so I think Steve's on point, uh, really on point. And maybe making obstacles that a guy like Justin or Scott Champion, who is out this weekend at our local track, uh, can do these huge jumps that they want. But, like, I don't have to commit to it. Uh, I like I like that idea. And I think – I think more vet riders, like he said, are going to be out there riding anyway than guys like Justin. Yeah, and I think that's the key is, is you have to cater to your demographic, right? And your demographic isn't going to be uh, 20 guys that are racing Supercross uh, in January. It's going to be guys that have to go to work on Monday, and, and I think that's the key. And I can't imagine trying to find the balance between having options and actually making those options safe too because I imagine if you get too into it, you know, having too many options itself would be dangerous, but yeah, I think, I think options is, is the way to go. And and it's funny listening to that because as Steve was talking about options, I could literally that the track Western raceway that he goes to, I could literally imagine I already knew what like jumps and stuff that he was talking about as he described mm. certain exam, certain examples. Like he was using these examples from the track, the, the Western Raceway track we go to as examples for that but obviously people don't know that but if you've been there yeah you do and it's it's great because it does have things like Cameron uh not McAdoo uh Marshbanks went out to that track a couple times before Supercross started back up and there were a couple bigger things that he could jump big 100 foot things and if he didn't want to you could jump little 30 40 foot things you know so I think that's the way to go yeah I like that option Justin one day you're gonna get older and you're going to be like, ooh, yeah, I don't feel, I don't want to get hurt today. And you're going to understand. Yeah, I, I think that time I'll, I'll just probably hang the boots up because I'm either going big or I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think, like, I think you'll change your opinion, honestly. You know, Steve gave up riding for a long time, and now he's getting back into it, and we all love it. But, you know, you got to mellow out a little bit. Like, because when I go without riding, I'm, I'm in a sh crappy mood most of the time. You know, like Kiefer, I'm, I want to go ride. But then I know – trust me, dude, I wanted to jump the two big triples out there this weekend because it looked like a lot of fun, but it just the risk wasn't worth it, and I don't need to lose my job if I get hurt again. So I, But I still want to go ride dirt bikes. So uh, I think Steve's, Steve's opinion was perfect, and hopefully this guy, Nick, uh, maybe he'll follow it and I need to figure out where he is in Arkansas because if he's not too far from me, I could make that trip. Um, all right, let's yeah, go. I'm sure he would like that too. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, he might be one of my haters. Turn tracks are a lot of fun, Damn, too. Baby. Like, just, just straight turns, yeah. those are a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I agree. There's a, a few of our tracks here have some turn tracks, and, yeah, you, that's really where you need to go out. You need those to build your technique, which I don't have at all. I don't have good technique. So, turn tracks can be fun if uh, if you're in decent shape and know what you're doing, which I think we've all discovered that I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. No, let's uh, – hey, let's talk about the, the Geico test. This was – this was Steve at his best, his finest. Uh, you know, 
building the story in my mind. I think he, he, I don't know if I would say he exaggerated it, but he was definitely pumping this thing up as, oh, you know, the fill-in rides coming, Justin. Uh, you know, if they, a couple guys get hurt, they're going to call me and Kiefer. Obviously, we know it's a joke, but just Steve eats this stuff up. Yeah, I thought that was cool that he actually got to ride the bike, and then it wasn't for just a little bit. You know, oh, like, yeah, that was the best part, yeah. Yeah, that was that was really cool to me and actually made me kind of respect Geico a lot more than I did already um, just because they were so down with it. You know, like they weren't just like, hey, you got 20 minutes or 30 minutes or, hey, you got an hour tops. It was like, hey, we're going to make this kind of like a fun thing for you guys. We have two bikes that you both can ride. You're not sharing one bike. And then you can swap bikes. Like you kind of – and they were both, I guess, built a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And so you yeah. can kind of get a feeling of two different things and – I think that was the coolest thing I've I've seen in a long time with people testing bikes because it's always like one guy goes out test the bike and they do a couple of berm shots, they have the bike for an hour and that's it, you know, or something like that. So I thought that was really cool, um, especially after everything with the Star deal, which I know wasn't Han, but you know, like that that Went whole south. thing. So yeah, like so that to go south and then to have someone step up, you know, and I don't know if they did it just because of that or, or what, but it it was cool regardless, you know, and. That uh, that made me respect those guys a lot more than I already did. Yeah, and I think a lot of the fans will feel that way. Um, but Mark, one of the the whole reason they went out there, I guess, well, the main reason or primary reason was to deliver Justin, the guy who won the Blue Crew, his bike. And I kind of found that funny in itself because Steve always talks about, ah, oh, I don't want to meet some stranger, you know, some creeper. Uh, but he went out to the track, met one of the winners, a, sh- a fan of the show, obviously, and delivered a bike. And then Justin got to hang out and listen to RV. And Steve argue about politics and RV talking shit on Chris Kiefer's testing abilities. But, uh, again, Steve giving back. Sounds like Steve having a good time with, with a listener and a group of guys at the track. Pretty cool. Yeah, and I didn't even know that – I mean, I knew he had gone out there to do the guy test and everything. I didn't know they went to do the bike. I didn't know that they met the guy. I didn't know any of that until live on the air. And – I imagine it had come up a couple of times in the meantime, uh, just in group text and stuff. But yeah, I don't know how that flipped by, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. And it just, I think obviously makes winning the bike that much cooler. I imagine yeah. for that guy, Justin, and hopefully amps up people to, uh, just make that much better next year, uh, for the raffle. Hopefully it grows again. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think every year Steve improves, Almost every it tries to make improvements on everything they do, whether it be like things we talked about before, adding the video to the show and the sound quality, or upping the fantasy, you know, prizes or how it works. I mean, he's constantly, you know, employing you to improve his empire and doing this, going like you said, going out and meeting the fan, hand delivering the bike. That's a pretty cool thing. Now, I'm sure if the guy was in on the East Coast, he wouldn't be able to do that. But who knows? Maybe down the road that becomes part of it. You know, we'll fly out and, you know, meet you at your local track. Who knows what's to come next? Uh, Steve is always looking to improve things for us, the listeners, and that's pretty damn cool. Um, I liked, guys, both of you, I liked, you know, Chris Kiefer. We know how much this guy loves riding dirt bikes. And he's saying, like, at 3.30 in the morning the night before or the morning of, he was awake because he's so excited to go ride this Geico Honda, Justin. Yeah, I don't think I would have been able to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, at all, the fact that he was up at 3.30, I'd still be up from the day before. Um, <laughs> okay. Just because I've never had that opportunity, you know, and I've been around him and all that. The only factory bikes I've rode before was 
two of Baggett's bikes um, just for a little bit. They mm-hmm. weren't anything, but they, they were great. Don't get me wrong. They were absolutely amazing. Right, right. But, you know, it's the 450 where you, you it's all they're always fast, you know. So it'd be really cool to ride one of those those bikes that are a factory 250 and stuff like that. So, yeah, the fact that Keeper even slept an hour is just mind-boggling. Right. I wouldn't have been able to. Well, as I said before, uh, Steve was telling pretty much anybody that would listen, including AC, uh, who actually came on after this particular segment with Chris Kiefer, that you know they were the the next they they were the next in line if somebody got injured. So let, let's listen to that real quick. And then, so the best part of the whole thing was another another factory team approached us about possibly yeah. testing their bikes. Really? Yes. Yes. You need it's, a tester. They saw they saw what we were doing on the track, right? They, and they saw the I'm in Cali. the people True. surrounding us, yes. and they wanted well, more. They saw the speed, first of all. One, they saw the speed. Yes. Two, they yes. saw the testing ability and everyone, you know, ba- basically in agreement with, with you and I. And then so they want to mm. know if they're on the right track. And so we may be testing some more factory bikes. And then if Schmoda or Mumford or Martin or Sexton or I'm sure I'm missing Your some factory guys here. Fill back up. Maybe we'll That's fill it in. right there. Yeah. You're actually testing for a spot. You just don't know it. That's what I said. They said test but is it maybe more of a tryout mm. another t-word they didn't want to give you any too much pressure exactly so their exact words were yeah we need more riders but, yeah how'd that go oh dude i think if they run into some injuries they may look my way really yeah yeah maybe if i mean they gotta run into a few injuries a few but you know uh you know <laughs> yeah they gotta get deep deep deep, <laughs> deep, <in the> pit. <laughs> deep, deep. but there's a chance yeah i rode schmoda's bike I rode they, may mecha- they may put one of their own mechanics on the bike before they put you on. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> all right, Justin. So uh, obviously, it's all it's that's a joke. But um, <laughs> AC was pretty good with the. Uh, they may they may put a mechanic on before you, which was, he was a mechanic though, right? So why not? Yeah, I think that I think his spot fills both. You know, rider, mechanic, whatever it could be. I mean, Steve's the guy for that one. Yeah, but Mark, this is something that Steve's gonna. This is we're gonna hear about this for weeks. Few weeks. I think you're cutting it a little short there. Okay. You're gonna hear about it as long as you hear about fourteen nine for seven. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we're we're uh about what nine months now since that happened. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he may still you're be get t- some longevity out of it yeah. for sure. I mean, the only way that story goes away is if he does better this year. <laughs> yeah we'll see yeah we'll see um yeah and uh i did like justin we that chris is talking kind of explaining how the the session goes right when he's out there testing they got to get these pictures and you got to go blow up this berm a few times and at some point steve has just had enough and he's done yeah i i i mean me i would have rode that bike until it was too dark to see Right. Um, and then the fact that he said that he wanted to go ride his own bike, I was like, man, you're seriously like major blue crew at that point if you're turning down a factory bike to go ride your bike for a little bit, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I've, I'm like I said, I've never done anything like that. I've done photo shoots and stuff. But, man, I would have not turned – I would have just kept riding that thing. Like, I would have been Kiefer and just rode it until literally I couldn't see anymore or the exactly. bike ran out of gas or the team didn't have any more gas in that rig. Well, I don't have the stamina to ride it that long, so I would probably have been done long before Steve was – it's funny, you, the Blue Crew thing you just mentioned, uh, Mark's too. So I've been listening to episode 262, the one I told you we were going to do the classic wrap-up on. And uh, the bike, it's the same time of the year as this as we are right now. So the new bikes are out. 
and they're talking about the, the YZs, and Steve's like, oh, of course Kiefer likes the Yamaha. Oh, he's Blue Crew. So <laughs> he's kind of, kind of giving you know, Kiefer a little bit, a bit, a bit of crap. Uh, now he's right on board with him, but that's yeah. good stuff. Um, you know, Steve, Steve will change with time. You know, something new will be in a year or two. He'll like something else. You know, how many yeah, – uh, sure. two years ago he didn't give a shit about mountain bikes. Now he's all about e-bike life. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so a couple more things that we'll talk about. Randy Richardson called in. Uh, that was pretty good. Randy's always fantastic, and Steve asked for his, some World Vet support. Uh, but the main thing I want to talk about – oh, two things, actually. Randy mentioned – I thought this was really cool – that he said if Aiden Kiefer gets top five at Loretta's, he's going to take him to Pastrana's place, which – that was awesome. That's really cool of Randy. That shows how awesome he is. Uh, I also want to mention the contest they're doing, the summer summer combo uh, combined any Michelin products purchases at any dealer or online retailer, and you get a chance to win up to a $100 Visa gift card. Go to motorcycle.michelinman.com for details on that. Randy, you're the best, dude. There really is nobody better in this industry. Um, but during that conversation, Justin, and I'm going to ask both of you this question. Uh, a lot of discussions of Loretta's and it doesn't matter and blah, 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 and personal goals, right? This this topic of personal goals came up and Randy kept hitting Steve up. You have personal goals. You want to lose such and such weight or when you're on a mountain bike, such and such time. And Steve just denies, denies, denies. Um, I don't buy it for a second. I'm on board with Randy. I don't know Steve well enough where I'm with him every day where I really know. But Justin, what are your thoughts, man? Do you think Steve's underplaying his goal, personal goals, I believe? Yeah, I think Steve enjoys riding a mountain bike, but I I mean also when it comes for me like riding or just doing laps, you always have a goal of something. Um, you know, like there are times where I do go ride and it's just for fun, no goals. And I believe Steve does do that sometimes. But ultimately you're going out there and you're racing a clock or, or something like that and I'm sure, you know, like he's lost a lot of weight and I'm sure he has a, a goal. I mean I have a goal, like I'm trying to lean out a little bit too and you know, like I still have a goal I'm going for. So I think it's the same thing that he has. It's, it's everyone has a goal. And yeah, I mean, I don't know why he was denying it. I mean, I think it's cool to have a goal. And I think it honestly is a little bit not respectful, but like you, everyone, like you have a goal and you want to see someone achieve it. So like, man, if I have a goal, like, I'm going to tell you guys what my goal is. <laughs> right. Right. Like, you know, like that, own it, man. Like that would be super cool. And um, but yeah, I don't know how he was denying it. I mean, I'm sure he has one. I would not be surprised uh, if he did at all. Um, I'd be more surprised if he didn't. Marks, what do you think, man? You know, you're with him more than either Justin and I. You're around him a lot. Do you believe him that there he really has no goals? I would say it would be tough to uh, keep losing the weight that he is, if, you know, and, and improving his fitness if he didn't. Whether or not it's a, a specific weight or you know, a specific time on a certain loop. I that I don't actually know, and you would think if he if he did have that, I would know. But uh, as far as a goal, if, even if it's just to keep improving from where he is, that's a goal. So I would I would say it'd be tough for him to not to be able to say he doesn't have a goal and and that be factual. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Hey, something I meant to bring up at the very beginning, just real quick. If you guys were watching on YouTube or Facebook, you know this. If you weren't watching big deal on the the chat rooms or whatever you want to call it for the the comments of those two social media uh whatever whatever they call uh platforms 
was the fact that Steve was clean shaven and everyone was like, ooh, he looked young and looking good, lost weight. Um, what's up with the no facial hair, Marks? Did you hear anything? Did he just decide to go something different? Because it, it was a to- hot topic, really, at the beginning of the show. Yeah, it was. Because I think it just comes off as a, as a bit of a, a shock when you see it at first. It was a shock to me when I walked in the house. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really mention why or anything. Okay. Um, but it, it, it is interesting. It, Oddly enough, like me, I have a little bit of facial hair hair to try to look thinner so that my, you know, my face doesn't look quite as puffy. And for him, I feel like it was, it was the opposite. He actually looks thinner with a clean shaven face right now, which I think is just another testament to the, uh, to gains, I guess, not gains, but losses that he's he's made. I will agree. He looked a lot, a lot thinner. Justin, were you surprised at all when you saw him in person? Uh, I mean, honestly, not really. I okay. mean, the dude's kind of like not, not necessarily changing all the time, but I mean, he's he's losing weight and it's very visible. Um, so maybe he's just trying something new. I mean, that's kind of like me. I'm, I have facial hair, and I'm if anyone knows me all the way until Salt Lake, you never saw me with an, a little bit of facial hair. Right. Um, and I've been literally trying. Like I, I probably wouldn't recognize you. Lake, yeah, the whole time I was in Salt Lake um, until literally about two weeks after, I never shaved my face once. You know, so I had cool. a full blown mustache and. Then I ended up buying a shaver and, and trying to trim it up a little bit, but I'm still trying to keep facial hair. So yeah. I think it's just kind of like me. Like, I'm just trying something different, you know. It's uh, from 27 years, no facial hair, to now I got some. Well, it's it not like great, but it's something. Everybody, it seemed like everybody was making positive comments on it, so that's cool. Good for you, Steve. Kicking ass. Um, all right, so Christian Craig was on for a little bit. I'm going to play just a little montage of audio on that. We'll talk about it. Everyone's telling me 450, 450, but there's just – there's no teams that are hiring right now or that, you know, I, I'm, I can't do a privateer. Right? Like if I'm offered a 250 ride, I got to take that, you know, and, and I, I still be- believe I can win in a 250 class. So mm-hmm. I can't, you know, go be a privateer. I can't afford that right now. So. Well, Kiefer mentioned that once when we were, when we were at the track that maybe we should trust, test your 450 once you get it going. So we'll work on that too. So. Dude, I really want Kiefer to ride my stuff. No, RV I said he was a shitty got, tester. Yeah. RV said he was shitty. No. That's what RV no. said. <sighs> what, I, mean, what's, <laughs> I mean, I guess RV's been testing, what, the past month? So so he's got it down yeah. pat, dude. He's, he knows everything. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, like, Kiefer, like, I'd be a full sponge with him. Like, if he rode my bike, I would kind of listen to what he thinks it needs and, and all that. So, I that's one good dude that you know, right? Have on your side. So, oh, can't wait to see what you're doing That's next year. Can't wait to see what you're doing next year, Christian. <laughs> All right. So yeah, there's a bunch of uh, highlights, in my opinion, at least from the Christian Craig uh, interview. Justin, I want to touch on just a couple of them. Um, the, he brings up a good point, right? That there's really no 450 teams, and hey, you know, he's saying I can't really afford to go just jump up to the 450s like everybody's saying uh i mean you're you're in the industry you're a racer you know there's not enough spots for all these guys and you know him kind of being honest like i can't afford it that was cool yeah i mean ultimately i'm kind of in the same boat and if christian can't then i definitely can't that's why i've stayed on a 250 it's just because i have gotten contracts around a 250 and there there is nothing for a 450 ride there's just nothing out there um especially Obviously, I wouldn't go to his level of a team. Um, Christian's got the results. I don't. Um, but even for me, it's 
still like I don't want to go to you know a smaller team for fifty because it doesn't really make sense. So sure, yeah, I get it. I get it one hundred percent. If I got a four fifty offer that was worth my time, that was at like say AJ's caliber, I would do it and so fast that I couldn't even hesitate. You know, <laughs> like it would be so quick I'd sign the paper. Yeah. Um, so I get I get his point one hundred percent. There really is just nothing. And if there's a contract on the table right at two fifty, and it's a contract and you're getting paid. It's just it's the same thing I've been doing for the last five years. I, you have to do it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Marks, the other thing was the, the end of that montage that I just put together towards the end of the interview. Uh, Steve sort of, in my opinion at least, was very much emphasizing, can't wait to see what you do next year, what you're going to do next year. Like I feel like there's something there. Steve knows something that he's not telling us. Yeah, I think that's kind of what that was, and it would be nice to know. Obviously, it's a 450 um, deal. Maybe I'll tell you. Right, <laughs> that's something. Uh, but yeah, I know what it is. Something interesting going on there. So, well, Justin, all right, let's let's break the news on the Pulpamex wrap-up show. What is it? <laughs> no, I can't. I'm not being that guy. Yeah, no I way. It. If I he's know. not going to be that guy, I'm not being that guy. Dark <laughs> uh, you probably know too. I honestly, I don't. I haven't talked to Christian in a while, and I, I don't. Uh, I don't. Uh, come to California for a little bit. You kind of find out a lot of. Yeah, things. Yeah. Well, you know, to really do the media thing at the level that Steve does, you have to, like he says all the time, I, I'm making calls tomorrow. I'm making texts, and you know, I have a real job, like a, or like a, you know, eight to four thirty, eight to five job. So, I can't do that stuff. So I really don't. I'm. I'll probably not ever break any major news at the level I'm at. I just, uh, I'll get my news from Steve and that's just the way it is. So yeah, I don't find that stuff out every once in a while. I do like, you know, I'll, I'll get something. And usually when I get it, I get in trouble. Like the, the AC <laughs> 450, you know, already signed his 450 deal last year at Colorado. And then I get in trouble for it. Thank you, Daniel Blair. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm going to say, I feel like there's been a couple things. Like I think there was something with JGR that you, that you had before other people, like there's there's a couple things so don't sell yourself too short there uh well yeah but they they get mad at me and then i'm a lot easier for them to you know not have come back like sean from feld could easily say uh yeah you're not welcome back dude you're causing too many problems right (laughs) i don't think they do that steve uh okay a couple other quick highlights i'm just gonna go over a couple real quick um the race tech rant guys like mookie and riders at that level, not going out and riding because they don't have a bike. That does seem silly. Justin, you weighed in on that, and I think uh, both of you guys had really good points. So if you haven't listened to Monday's show yet for some reason, go back check that out. Um, a funny thing with the X-Brand tear-offs throughout, the, a question was brought up, and uh, I like the fact that Aiden had asked if he could have a girl over, and Heather said no. Chris says she doesn't like having hoochies over, but then Chris allowed it. That was That was – pretty funny the the difference there chris is like oh yeah you can have a chick over um but here's another one that's that we'll so talk keeper, that's so keeper right? oh yeah that's yeah such a keeper thing yeah definitely you know the funny thing is uh you know in case you guys don't remember he aiden is 14 i believe and that's the age that that chris lost his virginity and we'll talk about that next week on the classic wrap-up but yeah that's uh he's right there man so chris has got to think about that crap um but you know again i don't it's just Good stuff. The, those two, I don't know if either of you have listened to the the Chris Kiefer Aiden podcast that they did. They did two of them on his uh, Kiefer Inc. testing pod, and uh, that's pretty good. Their, their dynamic, their family dynamic, I think, is so great. It's fun to listen to. Um, the JS7 stories, the big double, Justin, you almost killing Jason or uh, James. That was pretty fantastic. 
And Davey actually that was had. Scary. What's that? That was scary. Yeah, sound like it. Sound like it. And then Davey had a couple. When Davey was on, he had a couple little funny moments. He talked with JS7. So if you guys haven't listened, go check that stuff out. Um, a voicemail that came through was that I, I don't know. I kind of want to touch on it just briefly. Was never have Jason Thomas on Kiefer After Dark again. Um, Marks, you know you're in there for most of those, pretty much all of them. Jason. I think sometimes when these guys are there for Kiefer After Dark that are affiliated with a company like a Fly Racing or a Michelin, they kind of have to be careful what they say or what they are involved with because these companies, these big conglomerates or whatever, they're not okay with that necessarily. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's kind of a, a bummer that that's just the way it is, you know, that's whether you, whether we like it or not, that's kind of how corporate America goes sometimes. But uh, yeah. I don't, I don't remember JT being bad in that segment at all. I um, think he was quiet. I maybe I need to go back and yeah, maybe quiet. I think I have that. that I actually bad. had that in my notes for that particular show that he didn't say a lot. I think, and then maybe he did towards the end. There was a question where he actually did answer. I think, um, but yeah, I think he was just. I think if you got JT alone you guys are hanging out your buddies at you know at a bar that he would probably be more open but i think you know look fly racing uh you know they they have somewhat of a christian um the owner i think has a christian belief and background and you know i think jt's probably in my just guessing but i think he's probably just watching it you know a little bit being careful yeah i would say that i would say that's accurate i mean look at JT will tell you firsthand the things that he says about writers that screw him over in fantasy. Right, right. Uh, if, if you know, if they ever saw the light of day, that he would be joking. He says jokingly, like he would be fired or people would hate him or whatever. But like, I think that just uh, re- reiterates what you said about like, yeah, if you got him alone or or not being um, broadcasted, you know, it would you would see a different person with different takes. So, and I can personally attest to that. So I think, yeah, like you said, he's probably just kind of watching himself a yeah. little bit. Uh, and then, of course, the, the Motorsport tweeted uh, at Tits, even though Tits wasn't in. I, I love that you guys still call it that. There's a couple good <laughs> ones that I thought were cool, discussing some rumors. Uh, Justin and Steve had some rumors that they had heard about TLD and Gas Gas and Ferrandis. I'm not even going to get into that, guys. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go check it out. Uh, last thing I'm gonna touch on, Justin, and this is for you, Marks. This is another why you're you're the man. Backflips seem really easy. I don't remember who said that. They kind of seem really easy, but it was based off you doing it in the video. But uh, let's play that clip just real fast. It was. I, I've said this before. It's one of the top five most amazing things. Top five or top three, whatever I said. It's probably top three. In the most amazing things that's ever happened on this show. You're welcome. Yeah. So there you go, Travis Marks. One of the top five or three. Most amazing thing that's ever happened on Pulpum X, uh, even though it seems easy. Uh, thoughts on him saying that about you? Uh, yeah, I mean it's always it's always cool to hear. That's obviously <laughs> something that I'm very I'm very proud of. You know, sure. whether it looked easy or not, like it, it's uh, it's a very mental thing, and I think that's probably the hardest part about it. And I think Pashana will say the same thing, but. That's that's honestly like one of the coolest things I've done in my life, I think. And for for it to be top five or top three in, in of all the things that Pulp Mix has done, uh, is this is very cool to me. So yeah, I'll take it and I'm gonna own it and that's 
one thing I'll probably brag about for the rest of my life and Hell be happy yeah. about because yeah, that's I, why I owned it. That's why I cut that clip, man, because I was proud of you and I thought you deserved <laughs> it. Justin, you gonna go to Pastranas and do a backflip if you get the opportunity? Been there, done that. Really? Yeah, of course. I've known Pastrana since I was probably four years old. Well, I didn't know you backflipped though. That's awesome. Oh, I mean, in a foam pit. I've never done anything more than that. I oh. won't do anything more than that. Okay, well, there he did it. You know, Mark's did it to dirt. Yeah, I'm not doing it to dirt. You you got that on me. I'm not doing it. I'm good. I'll stick I'll to, uh, you know, Travis, tires down. Travis Marks beats Justin Starley. I'll, I'll oh, 100%. Take it. Listen, take it. That's, hey. that's one thing I can say I've done that a lot of uh, guys that are a lot better than me on the dirt bike can't. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that and run with it for probably the rest of my life. That's awesome. All right, guys. So, I think – uh, I think that's a wrap for this episode 432. Uh, it was great episode, Justin. I thought you did a really good job. Other, you know, you're a little bit of interrupting there, but first time yeah, guest well, who's really excited. I was, in, I was interrupting, <laughs> and then on top of the interrupting, you know, Steve asked me about my my girlfriend. I was like, yeah, we're together, but we're like kind of like not together yeah, at the time. That was and awkward. Now <laughs> since since the show, now we're back together. Oh hell, you know, two days so, like, later. All that. <laughs> <laughs> all that's good to go again, but at the time, like we were like working things out, and yeah. you know, now we're all good. And it's like, yeah, there was a, there was a few. But it was just one of my nervous things. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're together. And I was like, well, actually, right. like, she might get mad. We're not actually together right now. And then now we are. That's funny. You know? That's so, like that's the second relationship thing that sort of when Carno called in a few weeks ago, and uh, was Cade, right. I think Cade was in studio, and uh, yeah, Logan. I was texting Logan. I said, hey, dude, they're talking about you. You need you and Amanda. You need to get on there. And he's like, oh, dude, we're not together right now. What are they saying? And he was like, he was a little freaked out. So that's funny that, you know. That's it, kind of where I was at. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I was like, I don't really know what to say. And I was just like, yeah, but like, oh, well, not really. But now we are. And I'm like, hey, well, good now things you. are good. But, yeah. The power of pulpit brought you back together. 100%. Thank you, pulp. <laughs> All uh, right, guys. Funny. Justin, uh, Travis, thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, this show went a little longer than normal, but uh, I appreciate you guys dealing with all my uh, technical issues that hopefully nobody will notice during the show once it's posted. But yeah, yeah I appreciate you guys. And for episode 432, that's a wrap. Don't forget, next week, uh, classic wrap-ups, and Steve won't be doing a show. Clippy, clippy, Steve. We're going to do classic uh-huh. wrap-up of 262, and stay tuned for a new Hello Pookie. But other than that, we are out of here. What's up? It's Chad Reed. Okay, fellow jerkies, find a nice, quiet place and get comfortable. It's time for Hello Pookie. She loves new kids on the block, Howard Stern and Adam C. and Cirillo. She's Pookie Mathis. Hello, hello. All right, the next question is, what was the final decision on enhancements? Quote, unquote, boobs. Um, I know you've kind of made the decision i've heard this but i don't know if it was ever actually said on the pulp show um i can't remember if we talked about it on the pulp show or not but yeah i'm definitely not going to do it i just i'm going to be 42 years old like it's over i mean come on <laughs> okay so let's talk about that um you say what does it what does it's over mean what does that mean because first I know, of all i shouldn't say that because i do feel like my life is kind of just beginning in certain ways too because like 40 is the new 29 right but absolutely like, i don't know i guess i just mean like 
I'm at a point in my life where I should be, I feel like I should be beyond that. And I am beyond that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we followed Evie, Evie, um, or Ellie Reed's journey with getting her boobs out. And mm-hmm. she talked about how when she was young and she was insecure and it was important for her to be the trophy wife and everybody's looking at me and I want to look good. And, you know, I just want to feel like I'm kind of, you know, not that I'm not vain or anything. Like I definitely want people to see me and not be like, Oh God. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like the the risk is not worth what I would get out of it. I'm not okay. even sure that I would love it on me. Um, I feel like it might make me feel like I'm fat or it would be in my way or the pain. <laughs> I'm really big wimp. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just don't feel like for what I would get that it's worth it. So I'm I'm not going to do it. But I did start sessions with a personal trainer today. I've been back at the gym. So oh, I am nice. going to try to work on my body, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go under the knife. Yet. Okay. Well, it, you, you've talked about, insecurities in the past uh that's one of the reasons you kind of joke and wanted to wear the the babinda mask um but then at other times you're extremely confident in like you're outgoing you're when you're talking you're very confident um where do these insecurities come from i don't know i know that's funny that you say that i realize about the mask too but that's real like that really is real i I hate that for you i feel like i don't want people to be looking at me because I don't know. I mean, not that they're looking at me to pick me apart or something, but you know, when you look at somebody, you judge the way that they look and I don't always love the way that I look. And, you know, I don't know, I guess that just goes back to vanity or something, but I just genuinely don't, I don't like the way that it feels when people look at me and judge me. And I feel like when I'm on the camera that that's what's happening. And I I felt that a lot at the races too. It's Mm. taken me a long time to be comfortable to just walk around the pits. And, you know, just be comfortable. I mean, not everybody's looking at me. I'm nobody. Nobody even really knows who I am. So I don't even know what I'm thinking. I think it's just part of my anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. Insecurities maybe from junior high school. Um, yeah. I mean, and you say I'm outgoing sometimes. I mean, I am, but I feel like a lot of those times too, I'm just kind of acting like. You're forcing it. <laughs> oh, I feel like I should be. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's genuine, but it's, it also feels like I'm putting on like a character, like I want to be perceived as this person. I want people to think that I'm friendly and bubbly mm-hmm. and nice and outgoing. So that's what I'm being. Gotcha. Yeah, that's tough. I, I have somebody in my family that deals with those kind of things, the anxiety and some of that stuff. And I, I get it's hard for me to not not having that. It's hard to understand you know, put myself in those shoes. I can't really do that, but it makes me feel bad that you people that have those issues struggle with that kind of thing. And I was wondering if when you first started considering getting the uh, breast augmentation, if that was part of that, that you thought it would give you confidence, you know, cause we know Steve isn't Steve said, you know, it doesn't matter me do whatever you want. So it's not him going, Hey, I want you to do look this way. It's yeah. something that you wanted to do for yourself. And was that part of the initial reason? Uh, I think part of it came from when I lost weight, mm-hmm. um, I started to feel better about the way that I looked, which I never, I never thought that I would care before. Uh, I was never like, oh, I want to be skinny so that I can be hot so that people will look at me and think that I look good or anything like that. Um, but then when I did lose weight, I did feel more confident about myself. Like I just liked it better for myself. Nice. And I was just thinking like, maybe I would even like it more if, you know, I had like an even more Barbie body, like uh, I guess I you would you. say. But yeah. So that, I think that's where I was thinking of it. Plus my sister had got her boobs done. You know, my mom had breast implants her whole life. So, like, you know, I always had boob envy. Like, I right. told, you know, before, that's one of the reasons why I wanted it, too, because, you know, you see girls with boobs all over the place, and it's, <laughs> you know, you want that for yourself. I just wonder, like, you just imagine what their life must be like to just walk around with, you know, boobs like that. Well, I guarantee you that their life is 
the same as your life. You know, there's high moments and low moments and I know, I know. (laughs) Do you ever, do you listen to any other podcasts like uh, uh, non-moto, obviously non-moto type stuff? Do you listen? Uh, just the Howard Stern show. Okay. Like, yeah, no, no podcast or anything like that. I don't that, know though. if I mentioned this before, but uh, at, at another time, I listened to Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert, and, mm-hmm. and he talks about stuff like that a lot. Like, he talks about when he was a kid and his dream was to, you know, if he told himself as a kid that 10 years from now you're going to be an actor on Punked or whatever, when he started out, right, and you're going to have money and you're going to be doing okay, he would have thought it was the greatest thing in the world. But then when he got to that point, he realized, well, that that doesn't make me happy. That's not what life is about. And every stage, he goes, well, then I, I'm making whatever, a, you know, a million dollars a year. Well, that, that should make me happy. But that's not what made him happy. And he said, well, maybe if I make $2 million a year and I get a star of a movie. And he started a movie and it still wasn't what made him happy. It's like those, you know, you always think that this thing, this image of what you think is the the greatest in life is going to make you happy, but it's really not about that. It wasn't until basically he had his kids, right? And he, he met Kristen and got Kristen Bell and got married and had kids. And then he realized this is what, this is what makes me happy. He got sober. Um, so it's not so much like boobs aren't, wouldn't make you happy. It's, it's something internal. Like we're like you, you'd love spending time with your dogs and your husband. Those are the things that are going to make you happy. Right. Yeah. And we've talked about, um, yeah, just how lucky we are. I think he told me, I don't know, somebody checked in on him, a cousin. Oh, my cousin reached out to me. I haven't talked to them in years and asked, you know, how we were. I'm like, yeah, did you tell her that, you know, we have the best life ever and that we're <laughs> living our best lives and that we're so happy all the time? Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I regret not having kids sometimes. And, um, you know, I know it's a sacrifice, but on the other hand, you know, we do get a lot of freedoms, you know, with each yeah. other and with ourselves and stuff. So we're, we're also very lucky. So I try to definitely focus on the good things and, you know, stay positive in my life. And I'm, you know, definitely a happy person and happy with, good. you know, myself and with Steve and everything. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be sad that I don't have boobs, but it's fine. Whatever. I have other things in life. <laughs> well, regardless of what the person on the YouTube comment said, you're a beautiful woman. You're a beautiful spirit. I, I got a chance to hang out with you a couple of times. You're funny. And, and I, I really enjoy getting to know you a little bit. And I think most of the fans, 99% of the fans love you because you're entertaining and you're sweet and funny. And so, um, yeah, that one person, there's always going to be haters, so just, you can't even let those people affect you. Yeah, I'm not going to, I wouldn't, I would give advice uh, to anybody else. Don't focus on that one person. So, Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't want to do that for myself either. So, yeah. There you go. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Say